Welcome to Five Dubs by MDDC Press. I'm your host, Rebecca Snyder, the Executive Director of the Maryland, Delaware, and DC Press Association, which represents news media in our region. Five Dubs focuses on the who, what, when, where, and why of local news media. We'll talk with the journalists about the stories behind the news. You can find more information about our guests in the show notes or on our website, www.5-dubs.com. Welcome. We're here with Allison Taylor Levine, who is about to become or is already the executive director of the Local Journalism Initiative in Delaware. And that's such an exciting initiative that really kind of um, looks to the needs of Delawareans in local news and kind of um, connects into a lot of the nonprofit newsroom work that's happening across the country. So welcome, Allison. I'm so glad you're here with us. Thank you so much. Good to see you. So for our listeners, tell us first, what what is the Local Journalism Initiative? What are you doing over there? Yeah, sure. The Local Journalism Initiative is a nonprofit organization that I started a couple of years ago, and we have been building up uh, while I've been kind of doing it off the side of my desk for a couple of years um, while, while I work at the Delaware Community Foundation. And I'm getting ready to leave my role at the DCF to become the full-time CEO um, as of January 1. So I'm excited about that. And what we are doing is looking at different ways to strengthen democracy and community in Delaware through local journalism, through the local news and information ecosystem. And we're doing that in a couple of different ways that are kind of interesting um, that a lot of the uh, MDDC members have been involved with in different ways. You know, one is that we have been working, as you know, Rebecca, with MDDC to support, uh, to get young people, particularly young people from historically underrepresented communities into local news reporting and really build that pipeline of local news reporters for Delaware. Another is that we did a statewide ecosystem assessment, an assessment of the local news and information ecosystem in Delaware, how people are gathering, how people are getting local news and information, in what formats, what do they want more of, what do they think is working well, what's not working well, um, and things like that. And we published that uh, last summer and have used that information to really help us build out some of our other initiatives. Uh, The big two initiatives that we have going, one is called the Delaware Journalism Collaborative, which does include a couple of MDBC partners, excuse me, members as um, partners in the collaborative. Uh, We have now 23 newsrooms throughout the state that are participating, uh, 23 newsrooms and community partners, I should say. We also have a couple of non-newsroom partners, including the state libraries, the Delaware Community Foundation, and some others. And then the big thing is that we are launching a new collaborative nonprofit newsroom for Delaware, and that is called Spotlight Delaware. And we're really excited about that. We are right in the middle right now of hiring our staff, including our our new executive, excuse me, our new editor in chief. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll be able to announce that person in a few weeks. 
and um, yeah, getting that off the ground in the first quarter of 2024. So we're really excited about that. That is a huge lift to be like, oh, yeah, I was just doing that on the side of my desk. You know, <laughs> that is I've always I've known we've known each other for a couple of years and you've always um, had such amazing ideas and a terrific network and and a can do attitude. But kind of hearing you talk about, oh, yes, and this initiative and that project, it is really amazing what you what you've created. Um, tell me a little bit about what sparks you to have a side um, side of the desk opportunity like that that sustains over over a multitude of years. You have a really strong background in journalism and in Delaware. So how do those pieces kind of connect to do this kind of initiative? Yeah, um, I uh, it is deeply personal to me. Uh, you know, I always wanted to be a journalist, uh, and I was a journalist for a while. I wanted to be a journalist from the time I was 10 years old and working at the Summers Elementary Scoop. Uh, and I decided that I just really wanted to be part of that that career path to that part of that movement to hold power to account and mm-hmm. tell important stories about people and, and help people to understand each other. Uh, I, I just really fell in love with sort of the whole democratic process. And uh, became a journalist. I was a, a newspaper reporter early in my career for a few years, including working at the News Journal mm-hmm. up in Wilmington. Um, and then, um, you know, for family reasons, I shifted careers and ended up doing more nonprofit marketing and government work and ended up then in philanthropy for about 12 years. I've been at the Delaware Community Foundation since 2011. Um, and frankly, you know, um, it's a little bit personal, but my my husband died in 2017, and some of your your members will know him. He was uh, Jason Levine. He was the editorial page editor at the News Journal, and you know, after my kids and I regrouped a little bit, it I, I took it as a real call to action and an opportunity to do something cool and interesting that would be good for journalism in Delaware. And you know, we've all been watching what has happened to happened to local news over the past 20 years and how it has been so undermined. And we have so many good journalists trying to do great work and the model just isn't supporting the work our communities need right now. So I, I, I decided to seize the moment and start working on it. And my kids are a little older, so I had some time to do it. And uh, once I started working on it, I, kind of didn't think it would get as big as it has, to be honest, but it it really kept getting bigger and bigger. And I realized there was an appetite for this. And the, the, the community is really hungry for more local news and information. And we have such talented journalists throughout the state and a lot of great organizations. And so that's why I keep going is looking for different ways to help build up the newsrooms that we have and help them to serve the community even more in the ways that I, I know all of us who are part of this crazy business have been called to do. Well, and I love the way this knits together your expertise. You know, I sort of feel like in everyone's journey or in everyone's career path, what you, you know, what you're doing, everything that you've done in the past kind of builds up 
to the opportunity that you're in now. And yeah. so I am just really excited for you that you've been able to weave in your expert nonprofit management with um, your newsroom experience and your family uh, pride and love and your care for representing all Delawareans. Um, so I think, you know, just well, thank my, you. my two cents there to say, yay, Allison, you rock. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. I mean, it really is, you know, you say, how do I keep going? Honestly, I'm pretty tired right now. I have been working two full-time jobs for a little bit too long mm -hmm. and it, it's a lot. And there are days when I wonder why I started this at all, but I really just, I do really just, I love community. I love our democracy. I love the role that journalism plays in it. And I want to see it continue to grow stronger. Uh, and I think we have a real opportunity to do that. Sure. Not only in Delaware, you know, part of the vision here, you know, the, the big kumbaya pie in the sky dream is Delaware is a small state and we mm -hmm. have some opportunities in Delaware to try things out, to pilot some stuff, mm -hmm. see what works. And then maybe we can help take some different models to different parts of the country and help other communities to build up their local news and information ecosystem too. So, you know, while of course I love Delaware and passionate about Delaware, I, I, I love our democracy and community at large even more. So I'm hoping that what we can build here is something that we'll be able to build on nationally eventually. And it is a great area for a pilot program because it is, you know, it's three counties, you know, there's everybody kind of knows each other in Delaware. And, and so you can, you can cut through a lot, um, a, a lot that might be more difficult in larger places. Um, and you have this really interesting spot because you've seen sort of the development of nonprofit um, uh, understanding and care for journalism over the past couple of years, which we've seen. Um, and it feels like in some ways that funders um, don't always understand some of the competitive pressures that journalists are under. I mean, the idea like, oh, everybody collaborate, it'll be great. Journalists are hardcore competitive people that don't want each other to scoop them, you know, that don't, that want to take care of their stories and their scoops. And sometimes um, they can get really territorial. And so what do you, th how do you think the nonprofit community or the funding community has approached at, what are the success stories of, of how they've approached journalism and where do you think the philanthropic community needs to learn more about journalism? This is one of my favorite things to talk about. And I, I feel like, you know, to the point you made before, my whole career has kind of put me on this particular path as everybody does ends up. But I really love playing the role of the bridge between journalists and funders um, because I speak funder and I also speak journalism. And I think that it, it is just like funders don't always understand journalists, journalists also don't always understand funders because to a lot of us in journalism, Philanthropy is a whole new animal. It's a new revenue stream. You know, not it's it's not that it's unheard of. You know, obviously, folks at NPR have been working in philanthropy for decades. But for a lot of us outside of NPR, trying to get grants and understand how to stick within the parameters of grants um, is a whole new thing, while still maintaining editorial integrity. So. 
I think that it is a shared education process that journalists need to be teaching funders why and how they can fund local news effectively. And at the same time, funders need to be teaching journalists how and why they can use grant dollars effectively and appropriately. You know, Mm -hmm. every funding stream is going to come with guidelines and with rules, right? If an advertiser pays us $10,000 to place ads, we have certain guidelines that we have. It's a contract with that advertiser, right? A grant agreement has very similar uh, standards that if a newsroom accepts a grant from a funder, they are expected to comply with the terms of that grant. And that's not to say that the funder is going to try to influence editorial content. Mm -hmm. As long as those parameters are clear at the beginning, then everybody understands and everybody can come to an agreement that meets the ethical standards and the professional standards of both sides of the coin. But a problem sometimes arises if the grant maker gives money with different expectations or the journalist or the journalism organization doesn't understand or doesn't want to comply with the standards that have been set forth by the grant maker, um, then we end up with conflict. So I think there's a a real opportunity for communicating about those things. And, uh, you know, one of the things we're learning is a lot of it is making sure the agreement is clear in -hmm. writing um, and that both parties understand what's happening. So that's a lot of the role that that I've been trying to play. Uh, in addition to generally going around the country, talking to uh, foundations, funders, corporate funders, and particularly to community foundations about how and why they should be funding local news and information. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I've kind of developed a little bit of a shtick that you know when I talk to community foundations, particularly. I tell them, listen, if, you know, funding journalism isn't really about funding journalism. Journalism is about democracy. It's about community. And it's about raising a diverse group of voices. And that is really what community foundations are about, too. And that's when we start to see when we look at where our values as organizations and as industries align. That's when we start to see the real magic of how the nonprofit world, how the foundation world and the corporate funding philanthropic world, I should say, can really support and help advance our journalistic values too. Yeah, well, and I think it all comes down to local. I mean, community foundations, local funders, they are really rooted in those communities. And there's, you know, there's so many studies and and whatnot that show how good journalism really feeds into civil discourse, uh, stronger democracy, more trust in government. There's all those pieces. And so um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the ecosystem report that you did, because Delaware is um, a really diverse area. It may seem, uh, you know, a million people, but there's rural, urban, there's a strong um, uh, Latin population. There's there's a lot of different kinds of people in Delaware. So what, what did you see, if we think of Delaware as the microcosm of the world, not just yeah. the first state, what lessons can we take from your ecosystem um, report of, and extrapolate them to other areas? Yeah. I, you know, the 
it, it's true that Delaware really is kind of a microcosm. Um, we have exactly what you said, and we also have real political diversity mm-hmm. in Delaware, which a lot of people don't always realize, including I didn't realize that until I was here. I, I think Delaware is generally believed to be a pretty darn left-leaning state, and we are. However, when you move into the southern part of the state, uh, it is much more politically conservative. So when mm-hmm. we talk about elevating diversity and recognizing diversity of voices, we are talking, obviously, we're talking about black and brown populations, Spanish speaking, LGBTQ, um, and a, a host of other historically underserved and underrepresented populations. We're also talking about politically conservative voices, which are not particularly well represented in Delaware. And that's one of the big learnings that we we found. Um, it, it, a lot of what we learned in Delaware does reflect what we saw around the country. I was working with uh, Fiona Morgan, who is the nationally recognized go-to expert on community listening around news and information ecosystems. So she was able to bring a lot of national perspective to the table. And the trends really in Delaware, the trends reflect what we see around the country uh, as far as lack of coverage, particularly in uh, state and local government accountability. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we also saw, um, it won't be a surprise to anybody, insufficient coverage of education, particularly education policy. What Mm -hmm. did surprise me a little bit was um, the call for more coverage of land use decisions. Interesting. But as we dug into that question, what I found people are really looking for is it's not exactly the land use decision. They do want to know about that, but they're more interested in all the fallout of a land use decision. What Mm -hmm. happens environmentally? What about transportation systems, healthcare systems. If somebody builds a new 5,000 house development at the beaches, that's not necessarily a good or a bad, but what is the surrounding impact of that decision? Mm -hmm. So folks were really interested in those kinds of subjects. A couple of the things that um, I was delighted, delighted by was how creative and thoughtful Uh, I'll call them lay people, I'm doing air quotes, lay people were non-journalists were asking great questions of us as a journalism community. They were saying, do you have to, does everybody have to cover the same shooting? Do we really need six different newsrooms covering the same public policy decision at Legislative Hall? Is there a way you could kind of divide and conquer some of these things? We understand you compete, you know, there needs to be scoops. We get that. But are there some things where you could work together? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they're asking for collaboration, right? They're asking for divide and conquer. They are asking for us to work together to help figure out how to cover gaps in coverage instead of trying to kind of gang up on the same sexy issues. Mm-hmm. Um, they also were asking about nonprofit models, which was super exciting to me to hear that people were recognizing and challenged by what some of us call clickbait, right? That it's not always the case. And they get it that or uh, produce stories that generate clicks and views and reader engagement or viewer engagement. They get it that that's how newsrooms make money. But they kept asking, 
But is there a way that they could do it in a nonprofit way so that it doesn't all have to be about clicks and views? Mm -hmm. So they were really asking some interesting, smart questions that none of us really have the perfect answer to. And obviously, you know, just collaboration, just a nonprofit model, none of those are, there's no silver bullet here, right? I believe that it has to be a mix of different formats Mm -hmm. and different business models. But I was excited how attentive people were. And what they really are asking us for is more local news and information. They want more. And they recognize that it's a challenge. And they're excited to talk about ways that our whole community of newsrooms can do more together. And what are some of the other players who might be able to support that local news ecosystem as well, right? Journalists mm-hmm. can do a lot. They can't do all of it. Right. There are ways in Delaware that um, our government could do better with providing information on websites. There are ways that our nonprofit organizations could help provide better access to information. And then there are folks um, kind of in my neck of the woods in philanthropy and funding who can get involved and help build that up too. So they were really calling on the community at large to shore up this whole system of access to local news and information. Oh, and that sounds like so promising to be able to look at, because there are different business models and certainly, you know, the traditional news media with its um, kind of three-legged stool of subscribers, advertisers, public notice has worked really well for a long time until it got destabilized by really, you know, the internet, which is not a new phenomenon, but it it creates um, economic pressures because those ads are not as valuable as print. Those subscribers are not as valuable as as print subscribers. And so it'll be nonprofit. The nonprofit world certainly has a role and I think an important role to play, but it's not the only it's not the end all oh. be all, but I think it's Absolutely. what you're doing kind of gives you a collaboratory in some ways to test different did because you know we could talk for hours, but we will have you back because um, now I want to hear about Spotlight Delaware, but we'll wait until your your editor has been announced. I want you to um, share how people can get involved or stay in touch or learn more about what you're doing, because it sounds like 2024 is going to be, um, it's going to be gangbusters. So I want to make sure that people can stay in touch. It's thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, our website is L J I Delaware, like local journalism initiative, Delaware, L J I Delaware.org. Uh, we are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Uh, my contact information is on the website, and I would be delighted to hear from anyone who wants to talk about what we're doing. Uh, you know, you're welcome to throw tomatoes at me and tell me how we can do it better. I will take your your criticism and your advice. Um, we do have a newsletter sign up on the website too, and we are also accepting financial donations um, to help us get Spotlight off the ground. And just briefly, you know, what Spotlight is going to be doing is attempting to help to fill some of these gaps and provide content to local newsrooms, to our existing newsrooms throughout the state um, and potentially adjacent states also down the road to help them shore up their capacity, too. So we really see all of this as 
um, a collaboration and an opportunity for um, strengthening the whole system and how we serve the community. And that's what this is all about, is kind of trying to flip the model. Instead of putting journalists at the center, we're trying to put the community at the center and look mm -hmm. at how our local news ecosystem can serve the community together more holistically. I love that. I think that's wonderful. And thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. Lots of good information and lots to follow up on. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Five Dubs with Rebecca Snyder. Please subscribe and leave us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts so that others can find us. What do you want to know about local journalism? Email me at rsnyder, S-N-Y-D-E-R, at mddcpress.com. Interested in supporting our podcast and journalism? Please donate to our 501c3 Press Foundation. Find out more and see the full episode list and show notes at www.5-dubs.com.